because you know why? Why? Because it feels right. It feels right. Legendary. Hey guys, welcome to the It Feels Right podcast. I'm Rob Nunnery with your co with my co-host, with your co-host, with our co-host, Adam Stone. And before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to give a shout out to the companies and organizations that allow this podcast to happen. Adam and I love talking about pickleball with you. It's probably our favorite hour of the week, to be honest. But beyond talking about pickleball, it stops there for us. We don't like doing the editing, the production, the distribution. So the Dink has done an amazing job you know, supporting us and allowing us to do what we love while they get it out to you guys. So thank you to the Dink. And also thank you to our sponsor, Selkirk. They are the most innovative paddle company in the game. They continue to push the limits of what's possible in paddle technology. I have recently started using the Halo 16 millimeter and love it. So, you know, Selkirk's very supportive on the playing side, but also in the content side. And they, um, yeah, this, this, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing right now without their support. So huge shout out to Selkirk, huge shout out to the Dink. And let's just get into today's episode. We've got a guest on today and that's with uh, Noah Rubin, a tennis pro and pickleball convert. And we just talk about kind of the parallels between pickleball tennis and where pro pickleball should go and what it should look like in the future. So let's not muck this up. Here we go. There's that red box. Let's go, boys. Red box, man. Remember red box? They had, oh, a, short, like, they had a short little run. That's where you could get the DVDs, right? Yeah, I used to love it. Like, yeah, before, yeah. yeah. Before like Netflix, you go to red box hey, so, and get your DVD and take it back the next day. That's right. So uh, first off, let's welcome Mr. Noah Rubin to the podcast. And guys, I'm going to say something really fast. Whether it's pre-tournament, where I need to be light on my feet, or a podcast like this, where I need to be sharp with my wit, I always go with steak and eggs, deep-fried potatoes, and two biscuits. <laughs> two biscuits for breakfast. <laughs> you know, what did you think about that when you saw us eating before our mixed doubles day with a little, a little heavier than average uh, breakfast? Yeah, you know, I did a lot wrong this past weekend. That's that's for sure. But nothing as far off as not having what you guys were eating. I mean, this wasn't just a normal like six ounce steak that you get in the side of two fried eggs. This was like a full 14, 16 ounce steak that you guys were just putting down in the middle of a rain delay. I mean, it was, it was truly remarkable. This is pickleball. <laughs> <laughs> Help. Please. Such a Please. good tagline. This is pickleball. Yeah. <laughs> so I got some notes here. We're, we're going to give a little background on uh, some of your uh, successes on the bigger pickleball court. And Nobody just a little, cares. Ba- a little background. Well, we got We got to say a little bit. We got former <laughs> former Wimbledon Junior uh, champion here, uh, and actually a Wake Forest Demon Deacon. I'm from Raleigh, so I'm okay. in, in, in the same vicinity there. Uh, you know, just some light headlines of played Roger Federer at the Australian Open, wins over Taylor Fritz, Marco Bagdadis, Miguel Usney, John Isner. No big deal. Any of that stuff. So. Uh, just wanted to throw that out there that we're we're dealing with with someone who's got some experience uh, with the racket sports and uh, uh, I have here that I think what kind of springboarded uh, your retirement was a bit of a wrist injury I read on Wikipedia. What's up with that, Noah? Yeah, so um, actually, first year kind of post Wake Forest, post my first year of Wake, um, went pro, was moving up about a hundred spots every month, got to about one sixty in the world, and Shoe dig, dug under a court, got stuck, went over my scaphoid, fractured. Yeah, tough. About six months out there. And uh, yeah, I have a bone floating around there that they said kind of no need for surgery. There's enough blood getting over there, but ebbs and flows, let's say. And uh, yeah, about six months ago, felt it again, played a grass court tournament at the Tennis Hall of Fame and uh, mishit a few returns and really started feeling it. So I was already a little bit down and out. Tennis kicked my ass a little bit at the end and just really needed a true break. Um, so I didn't necessarily leave tennis for pickleball. You know, obviously that's kind of been a narrative a little bit with Query as well, um, but was playing tennis with a few guys. One of them uh, you guys know pretty well the um, co-owner of the Fives, Mr. Ryan Harwood, and he said, got to check out the sport. Just take a little look of what's happening and mm-hmm. uh, maybe worth your while to get into. <laughs> 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that you're you're not alone. Uh, tennis tough on the body. I know Deckel had a recurring ab issue, and that's just you know one of the many uh, that 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 have you know uh, had had some struggles with that. <laughs> razor razor thin edges. Everyone's so good. If you if you have something going on physically, it's just going to be really tough to compete with those guys. So uh, too bad. But hey. It, you you might you might have a little change of career here and jump in that pickleball mix uh, as <laughs> you change did with the diet your, a little bit. That's right. That's right. <laughs> change the diet just a little bit. Just a bit. <laughs> so did did you by any chance uh, see a little bit of the uh, Andy Murray and the uh, uh, who was he playing? Uh, Kokonakis. Kokonakis. Yes. That's yes. right. Uh, yeah. No. Caught a little bit of that. It's. Um, it's kind of been this like love hate, you know, relationship. You know, I mean, looking at Australian Open, I've I've been in probably half the draw at one point or another in my career. So it's always like, oh, you know, I want to be out there. And Aussie, Aussie summers are like that's my favorite time of the year. You know, it's it's hot as hell. The way you know it changes by the day. You know, you can have sixty degrees, you can have one hundred and sixty degrees. It really, you know, it changes. So playing those three out of five set matches, that was my first one in Australia. It's probably the greatest tournament of the year. The fans are amazing. They treat you the best there. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I was on court with Murray helping a player out a few weeks ago uh, for offseason in Miami. So to see him, you know, the guy always looks like he's in pain. He probably is. And to kind of put that effort into this, I mean, tennis is just just the worst fucking sport in the entire world. I don't know if I can even curse on this podcast or not. Yes, but yes, you can. You, you do whatever you want to, Noah. <laughs> hey, Noah, you do whatever feels right. Okay, yeah, sure. it, it feels right. Tennis is the worst fucking sport in the entire world, and I love it so much. Like it's like yeah. just it's just unbelievable, you know, to have this six-hour match. These guys are finishing at five a.m., going to sleep at probably ten or eleven in the morning, and then they're coming out the next to what Murray is coming out, you know, a day and a half later to play another three out of five set match. I mean. You can't make the shit up. And for my five foot nine Jewish body, there's only so much it can handle. So yeah, it, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot to handle and to watch kind of these guys and, you know, uh, you know, grind it out every single match. I mean, this was only a few rounds in, they have a few more matches to win the tournament. So it's <laughs> brutal. It's brutal, but it's not anything like a full day at a pickleball event. <laughs> what is, <laughs> what, is, what is, yes. Uh, so um, I, I always kind of think of tennis and pickleball kind of like a Venn diagram where they're, they're separate things, but there's, there's some things in the middle that are very common to both. Um, you know, you had that first experience in Punta Gorda this past weekend uh, playing pickleball. Is there, I don't know, just something that you saw about maybe a game style that transitions well or some of the similarities and the differences of the two sports? Yeah, it's, it's, whew, it's interesting. I mean, I think... I didn't know how different singles and doubles were. I, you know, I've played only a handful of times, um, you know, in practice matches and stuff like that to really see it. But once you get into competition, you're seeing other people play. It's a completely different sport. You know, I would say um, singles is just like a mini tennis in some aspects, and you can really play more of a tennis style. And you see a lot of the tennis players kind of making runs in those sections while in doubles, it's just a complete mind game. That's really all it comes down to. It's, you know, you're baiting somebody, you know, because you want to get into the hands battle first. Am I going to be out here forever dinking? What's the game plan going to look like? And it's just a mind game. So at times, you know, it's fighting the boredom. You know, I'm not going to take it too soon. I'm going to be out here for a year and a half. Or it's like, I'm going to be the one that's aggressive. And uh, Simone was one of the first, you know, as being the last ones in the tournament, the last ranked, we had to play the first seed in both singles and in mixed. You know, Simone was really nice and, and helped us out with these sides and making sure that we didn't lose too many. Only three points lost on the, <laughs> the wrong side. Um, but uh, she said, you guys aren't ready to be in that dinking battle with us. You know, we can kind of take advantage of that. For you, you guys will have hands. You guys can attack, you know, use that to your advantage. So it's just seeing that and playing a lot that now I'm going to start realizing, okay, what can I can't do and how do I evolve? But um yeah, I mean, a lot of that is just tennis brought down to a smaller scale. You know, for me, it's very difficult because my movement was such a large aspect of my game. And in doubles, people are like, Noah, you, you move way too fucking much. You know, we're just <laughs> thinking cross court, like stop taking six steps. Like you don't yeah, have to. Yeah. Um, so those are the things that I have to work on. But it, it was interesting. 
Yeah, that's a common that's a common thing with tennis players coming in. You you're moving way more than you realize that you need to because you don't have the court awareness of like the patterns of where the balls, you know, the anticipation. Um, and doubles especially and singles, you know, your movement's gonna gonna serve you well, but um doubles you can definitely overmove for sure. Yeah. I'm like tripping over myself, moving in like the same vicinity in like a small <laughs> circle. And I'm like, just just stop now. Just like, doing a hard split there. step on everything. Literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, <laughs> every time. Every time. I, I think of it a little bit when uh when you first start, kind of like racquetball. You, you jump in to play racquetball, you're running all over, and then you realize the ball kind of comes to you if, if you if you can anticipate it and whatever. So I do think less is more at times with the footwork, but hey, uh, foot speed and, and court coverage, you know, it's maybe a little little less important, but still a big factor in the game of pickleball. So uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. Just going to take some time to utilize it. But yeah, even in the singles a little bit, I was like, oh, I don't have to do that, or I don't have to move yeah. there. And the defensive shot doesn't have to be that good. You know, you can kind of reset it. So just things that are going to evolve. What's your, what was your general experience playing the APP in Punta Gorda? Yeah. I mean, I was, I was told early on, like, don't judge us by this tournament. You know, they yeah. didn't have enough courts and stuff like that. Um, I think there's a lot of amazing things about pickle that I, hopefully they can kind of go in that direction. Uh, you know, I've, I've been a, you know, a proponent and, and speaking about, how I don't want them to be tennis, you know? And I, and I think we're seeing yeah. that a little too much in kind of the direction that we're going in. Agreed. Um, and, and I've made a joke. I mean, MLP called it the challenger tour and like gave me like heart palpations. I was like getting nauseous a little bit, you know, that's what they call <laughs> in tennis. Like it was like too soon. Oh, for sure. You know? So, yeah. um, you know, I think a little bit, it was just such a fun atmosphere. Not that everybody in the tennis world is, is not welcoming. I just think there's just like this, kind of open arm feeling a little bit within the pickleball space. Um, and I know that the amateur side is a little too closely connected to the professional side. It kind of lacks that evolution uh, yeah. for pros to kind of go and, and change the scoring and format and scheduling. But there was something enjoyable about having them there and still competing. It kind of made this community feel. And I think if they can kind of separate it, but keep them there and keep them excited you know, that was fun. I mean, these, these ladies were, you know, asking for autographs and they were yeah. just there and screaming. And I think we need more of that. Um, but again, I think we a little bit too much in that tennis direction. Like I, you know, I was like joking, getting pumped up when I won my fourth point or whatever. And then, you know, the ref was like, no, I get it. But like, it's getting too close to coaching. You know, a couple of people said this and I'm like, there should be unlimited talking, you know, there should yeah. not be a word that this should be a fun atmosphere. No, I agree. I agree. From the professionalism of the athletes, it's like, let's have fun. Let's do it. But, you know, we're here. You know, let, let's try not to be too much like tennis because we're going to lose that battle. Yeah, I agree. I like, I always say it like just noise during points. Who cares? I know it's like a touch feel game and you're focused, but just we don't want to be tennis and we shouldn't want to be tennis. And I even think like, you know, going down to, you know, how the pro sport structured, I think I like, I've always liked the idea of having pickleball be purely um, a team-based pro sports league, you know, MLP, but full time where, you, you know, you maintain that throughout the year, you have real trades, real drops. Like it's, it's a full on pro sport. And that's the direction rather than just emulating tennis tournaments and doing two fifties, five hundreds, all the stuff we're trying to do now, we're trying to create, majors and grand slams without having any history or backing you know like majors are good in tennis because you have the history you have wimbledon and you have roller garros and you have the traditions and then like we're trying to create that from scratch and it doesn't feel the same you know i i mean yeah 100 i don't know what else to say to it like it makes me angry because there's so much potential within pickleball you know to make this i mean pickleball became what it is now i know it's been here for 20 years plus but recently why it grew so fast is the accessibility and the freedom of it and everybody getting together and if you're trying to take that away and you're trying to make it kind of this eventually tennis feel exclusivity and it takes everything out of it so i'm a hundred percent on board i i yeah i want to be on a team i want to be with people i want to make this kind of enjoyable and that's why you know people ask are you even going to think about doubles i was like i just want somebody else you know i've had yeah. i've been alone my whole life kind of thing and i want that feeling so you know obviously ppa and mlp kind of join forces but wondering if 
you know, even if APP is not the top, wonder if they can kind of come in and, and be that secondary league and make it kind of this relegation, kind of follow that soccer feel. And yeah, teams work up and I, we don't know what that looks like and if team owners can afford it, but it's got to be a little bit different because, you know, these day long events when you're grinding it out, a lot of it already doesn't make sense and is exhausting and uh, different scoring and different just no continuity. So it's a little bit where we have to get together and the people at the top have to get together and say, what do we want to get out of this? You know, you know, I, I, they were always fighting, but we're talking about three leagues. You know, this is, this is not a lot in the grand scheme of things. So if you want to work together, there's so much time left. Let's see what they can do. But, uh, I'm not certain. I mean, I was already a little bit on the edge about MLP and PPA because they had their issues there and they're like, Oh, we're together now. And I'm like, okay, that sounds yep. nice. So, yep. you know, this is going to be a really interesting year for everybody. Let's see where it goes next year. Agreed. Definitely. Um, so we, I, I had someone that uh, in, in the YouTube chat of one of our previous podcasts that was kind of uh, talking about, someone new kind of breaking into the sport of pickleball, whether it's someone just out of college, a younger player, someone with some talent. And um, of course I've been watching this, I watched this break, the break point, uh, the the tennis, (laughs) but, but basically what I saw there is how important kind of coaches and teams are and how, different that is for maybe the top, I don't know, 20 or 25 players or so. And then some of the players down in the, in the, in the hundred, 150 range. And I was just uh, kind of wondering some of the stuff that you've gone through or you experienced through tennis that maybe could uh, translate to, to help some people or, or be similar to some pickleball stuff that that's going to be coming up in the next couple of years. Yeah. I mean, it's true. I mean, I went through depression and I mean, you name it, it was constant. I was, uh, traveling the world kind of by myself for many, you know, I, American airlines, I was kind of the major one I was with and they just, they always send you like a thing at the end of the year that kind of is a resume for your flying endeavors. And it's like, I don't want to know I've been on a plane for like nine <laughs> weeks of my life. Like that's crazy <laughs> to think about, you know, I flew 150,000 miles in a year. Like these are things and a lot of it is alone. So I think what, I mean, and Pickleball has to help this as well. The system has to make it easier as well. But kind of bringing that camaraderie, you know, having that team feel, let's say it keeps an individual aspect to it, but have that team feel, make sure, you know, you're warming up with players, you're traveling with players, you're sharing Airbnbs with them, whatever the case may be, you have to kind of build that. And I think I did that pretty poorly uh, early on in my career and it was okay, but it, it didn't pay off later on when I was tired, when I got beaten up a little bit. That's when I was like, shit, like, I wish I had more people around me. I wish it wasn't as competitive. Um, but it's a tough, you know, it, it, in an individual sport, if it goes this path, it stays this course. The people that you're trying to reach out to are the players that you may be playing in the finals of the next yeah. tournament. So regardless of how open you are with them, that was always the issue with tennis was like, and that's why, you know, I started this platform behind the rack and it was even a struggle to kind of get that off the ground because it was this situation where I don't want to share my emotions with you because I am literally playing you first round next week. And, <laughs> you know, that is such a struggle. So that's why you try to get a team around you. And like you were saying, with the top 20 players in the world can afford it, you know, but I was 120 and I couldn't really afford I had a coach every once in a while with me. Couldn't really afford a full time team. So that's where it lies. Um, but if you can kind of create that team, you know, within the group, you know, within the players, it's nice. But again, still may play them next week. Gotcha. And uh, uh, you obviously uh, just mentioned the behind the racket, and that is the podcast uh, that you uh, created. And a lot, a lot of the main, the main things, uh, as you mentioned just a second ago, that uh, some of the big topics that you guys talk about is is the loneliness of the travel physically mentally demanding and some of the you know top heavy type uh payouts and and it plays in exactly with what you just said is having that that separation uh if it was a little more evenly spaced out it could give some of those players who might really have top 10 or 20 talent but don't have some of the resources to get them there uh tell me a little bit about the podcast 
Yeah, no, it first started out kind of as a page where I just went to my friends and said, hey, do you mind sharing a story and just seeing what that was like? Because I dealt with certain situations and just kind of wanted to get out into the world and share these stories, let the fans connect closer to the players and really understand what's happening. Because as you may or may not know, tennis players get hate mail every match, win or lose. I mean, lose <laughs> more than, you know, more than winning. But it's all these gamblers that are just wishing death upon your family and everybody else. So I just thought maybe let's share what's actually happening in these lives and maybe prevent some of this. Um, but it kind of exploded a little more than I anticipated and was one of the early platforms, especially in tennis and, and in sport as well, where it was just allowing these players to open up on their own terms like they haven't done before. You know, the media kind of muddles the waters a little bit and it gets a little bit dicey of what you can and can't say. Everybody's PC. And this was just, what are you going through? Tell me what you're going through and how does that make you feel? Um, but yeah, it's been a difficult situation seeing on the tennis side and, and pickleball is, it's kind of there, you know, I'm feeling a little bit of that and, and it worries me. It really does. It has this grinding, <laughs> you know, everything is a grind, but it has this real, Hey, you're, you're going to put in, you know, 10, 12 matches today, whatever they may be. And if you're not making it through, you're not going to get money. You're not going to get enough points. And that's yeah. really it. And if you're not yeah. at the top of it, we don't know where we're going to be. And, you know, people are like, oh, there's not many people. Everybody's playing pickle right now, you know, and everybody's pretty darn good. You know, with tennis, you can kind of separate these levels a, a little bit easier. With pickle, you know, you can get a guy that's, you know, play D3 tennis and just stepped on pickle. And you're like, Oh, the guy's like pretty good. You know, he's been playing for a few months. So there you go. <laughs> D3 tennis, D3 tennis. <laughs> but even without like that much preparation, they're like, okay. Where it's like just, and I'm sure, you know, you guys, you know, you guys have been around, I don't know how long specifically, but I know you're a little bit of the OGs, you know, you, you look three years ago even and I'm sure the first few rounds were like and eh, these guys aren't that great you know you're kind of yeah. smoothing through a little bit um where now it's like oh you're, you're grinding regardless and it's that's how it's going to be so I really want to see pickle look a, you know look at tennis and be okay what can we take from that but in the end be like how do we use this to really be marketable use these players make it fun make it enjoyable a little bit of that festival feel to take that grinding mentality out of it because it's always going to be there, but how do you make it more enjoyable? No, that's, that's well said. And, and I mean, things are just so, so established in tennis and this is still pretty young growing fast, but still young. So to maybe work out some kinks before it, it, it it's just, it just seems like a pretty important time in the, in this next year or two to, uh, to possibly put it on, on the right path to, to moving forward. Definitely. Yeah. One um, of, yeah. Sorry. No, I was going to say one of the, I'm sure you felt it. Cause like when I first started playing pickle at a tournament, I was so confused with like how the day was going to go. Right. Like you see the 8am start time, but then you're like, okay, well, when's my next match? Like, how does this work? And you're just like, you don't have a next match time. You're just waiting with your phone, hope like seeing when it gets called. And it's like, it's a bit of a mess and you don't know if you're going to go on in five minutes after your match or, and three hours after your last match and you just have to, you have to sit around, sit, sit around and wait. And it's, uh, it, yeah, it's mentally taxing too, because you're just always have to be kind of like prepped. And Adam yeah. and I talk about that a lot. It's like, you know, in tennis, you have a not before 10 AM type type thing, which I think we need to go to, or there needs to be some kind of standard because just to have players like on call throughout the entire day is insane. Yeah. I no, mean, I understand that's why you eat steak and eggs. <laughs> so you have the strength to power through the whole day. That's right. Fuel up. Let's go. I, this is amateur hour. I'm just taking notes, man. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> but it's funny. I mean, we're like comparing it to tennis and, and, you know, being from the tennis world, tennis is, you know, 10, 15 years behind other sports. And that's why I'm saying like, I want pickle to skip some of the things that tennis is doing. Like the not before yeah. times destroys tennis. Like I, you know, the, the fact that I'm playing in Aussie in Australian open, one of the biggest matches of my life. And I have to have three different lunches because I thought I was going to go on at three different times. You know, like these things are not thought about in other sports. You know exactly when you're playing, who you're playing, when. This was like, oh, you know, now I'm three hours later than I expected. I have to warm up four different times. Like these are the things. So pickle has to change drastically, in my opinion. You know, I think we're far away from it. But yeah, I mean, it was, 
you know, a lot of people ask, you know, how, how did I play my first tournament? You know, and I was just worried about when I'm going on the court and, you know, what, <laughs> what side of this court to stand on when I got there. Um, and I think I got fairly unlucky. I mean, I played five matches within like an hour and 10 minutes. And, <laughs> you know, it was, I was playing in this feed and draw where, you know, my fourth match was against somebody's second match and he only lost one and I won two. And my fifth match was against somebody's third match and he won one and lost. Two. Like, I'm like, what? This doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> what is happening? Why are we overcomplicating things? And, you know, the people in charge between Ken and Jenny, they're amazing. They're very sweet and they're answering all my questions. I'm sure super pissed off how many questions I was asking by the end. But it just seemed like a lot of overcomplications for things that we just kind of have to simplify at this point. Yeah. And the thing is, you played that fifth match in an hour and 10 minutes. If you would have won that, you would have had a four hour break. So oh, it, sure, go, it goes sure. both ways. It, it goes both ways. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what happened with our doubles. You know, we, we lost our first one um, to Simone. And then, yeah, we were like, oh, are we on? Are we on? And it was like an hour and 20 minutes later. And then we played, you know? Yeah. What are your thoughts, Noah, on um, – so you weren't, you weren't around last year necessarily, but typically the way streaming works at most tournaments, both APP, PPA, is that Thursday they stream singles – Maybe they start, you know, the draw starts at eight, but maybe streaming starts at 11, something like that. So you get past the first couple rounds and then you get into the thick of the draw. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we saw this year and then Friday mixed as well, which is a big draw for viewers. Like people love watching all doubles. I mean, singles, I think it's a little less popular in terms of viewership, but especially being on a Thursday, but mixed and mixed and gender doubles is a, is a big draw. Um, and we saw no streaming with the APP on singles day or mixed day. Um, what are your thoughts, generally speaking, just from an outsider looking in at what pickleball is doing on the lack of streaming for those days? Yeah. Uh, you know, I was looking into PPA and MLP as well. You know, I went last year, uh, to check out, um, you know, specifically on the APP side, you know, I know I got a lot of messages and, and Twitter responses and everything else of being like, where can I see this? Where can I watch this? And, First of all, I didn't really know that it wasn't or was. <laughs> but then after my match, I was like, yeah, I found out that they weren't streaming the singles at all until Sunday finals. Um, yeah. It's tough. You know, it's a really tricky situation where you have a storyline, possibly like myself or a query or any, any, any other storyline that's coming in. Um, and there's really nothing to back it up or to show or to prove. And you just kind of have a score. You know, it's... I don't love it. You know, you already have a website that's fairly antiquated. It looks like it's from, you know, 1999 and it was on the first Dell you know, processor. But, you know, you take it from there and then you say, hey, we don't have streaming. It just kind of shows where Pickle is. And I know PPA has worked really hard as well as MLP. And, you know, you're seeing it on CBS or Tennis Channel or whatever. But I think they have to look at it and be like, how are we getting it out to as many people as possible, as quickly as possible? And APP yeah. did a fairly good job of getting a crew together, just have videos and stuff. But, you know, still, it's just, it comes down to a lack of finances and how much they can afford to do. And I think they're just in a little bit of a tricky spot because I, you know, obviously you want to see 10 times the amount of Instagram reels and lives and there yeah. should be as much as possible because, that's what you want to get. You want to get these young kids involved. You want to make sure anybody has the chance. And, you know, we have college tennis matches, you know, that make $0 and they have play site, you know, it has, you know, they, you can get it out and you can have all these courts, you know, with just simple GoPros or an iPad or whatever the case may be. So what are your thoughts on having, having like a play site and the, the single stationary camera on each court, just to have it out there so people can watch. Easy. I mean, of course you want this six camera setup that everybody has, but just have it. You know, I, I yeah. know I watch college tennis with my friends that are playing now and I'm like, I'm just happy to have to it. To be able to watch. It, just to have it on the background and I'll put on, you know, Patrick Maloney in Michigan and I'll switch to his, you know, partner yeah. that's playing on court four and you have six courts going and yeah. it doesn't take that much effort. So no, but the argument that yeah. the APP had was that, you know, if, if they're showing a sponsor, um, a stream, they, they want, they don't want it to be a subpar product, which, you know, if you have a, one stationary camera, it will be, uh, but you don't necessarily have to sell that ad space, right? You could sell the, the high production 
ad space with uh, with the stream on Saturday, Sunday, and at least you know satisfy the fans by having a single camera on each court. Because um, that's always been a complaint is like there's so many Adam and I talk about all the time. There's so many really intriguing first round matchups that will never be shown on a stream because one streaming doesn't show up until three hours after the start time. And two, there's only one court being streamed. So we miss out on so many good matches just purely because a lack of, you know, course being streamed. Yeah. And I think, I know it sounds dumb, but you know, I, and I was early on, I was like, it has to be perfect before it goes out there. So I understand that mentality, but then you just don't have a product, you know? And, and I think well, I'm in this spot where recently it's been better than nothing. And I made a joke, you know, to my fiance, I was like, God, I can't believe that TikTok video went viral. I mean, it was on, it looked like it was done on a Nokia in six seconds, <laughs> but that's what it is. And I think we have to get to a point where it's like, oh, we just have to have as much footage as possible for everybody. Everybody's Instagram, Twitters, put it out there, their YouTube channels. If everybody, if us three just had footage of every match we played, we'd be good for the year and we wouldn't have to pay for any photographers or videographers. And yep. most people don't. So where nobody sees anything. And that's what it comes down to in the end. And it's sad. It really is. Because right now, I don't know if there's ever going to be a time like this in pickleball with so much enthusiasm and excitement. It may evolve and it may yep. be in a better spot a few years from now. But this level of buzz I'm not sure. So you have to utilize it and just get eyes on it as often as possible. That, that is my only advice. Totally. No, I, I, yeah. I like that. I think that that's, that's totally true. We, we, we talk about, you know, the, sometimes the pickleball bubble and I, and I don't think it really is a total bubble, but you're right. The buzz, the, oomph, the everything that's going on with the sport right now is, is next level. So let ju- just pump out the content. And I do think that, like you said, financial uh, restrictions, obviously a factor, but I think MLP and PPA are going to do a little bit better job. And I'm really excited to see what happens with this first MLP. Uh, Corinne just got contacted because they like the pregnant lady storyline. <laughs> so they're going to have someone kind of follow her around a little bit. They're going to, there's going to be uh, a query. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be someone on query. I talked I to him that- yesterday too, Adam. So they're uh, following Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. It's a documentary crew, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so, yeah, this is, this is great. Just anything, any, anything and everything, pump it out there, uh, flip phone, flip phone or not, <laughs> just, just do it. And, and I think that that makes a lot of sense with, with just the crazy, crazy buzz that, that has happened over the last, whatever, four or five, six months. Yeah. Um, um, and I mean, there's stories everywhere. I think that's the fun part about pickleball is a lot of, you guys and we are, are, are like people and they have jobs and they have stories and pregnant or coming from tennis to pick. There's so many different components yes. here. Um, I'm worried that it's just not going to be utilized to the capacity right. that it is. Right. And this is great. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see what MLP looks like. I'm excited to see what they go and do with it. Um, there's that cynic in me that's like, ah, there should be cameras everywhere at all times and yeah. not missing a thing. You know, it doesn't take much to get a kid out of high school, you know, to come by with his Sony and, and just film everything, you know, just film it all. So worries yeah. me, but still fun to be a part of. Yeah. I mean, we got, I mean, two top 10 players that are lawyers. We got Lin- Lacey Schneeman, a project, uh, project manager for Boeing. Like we have these, uh, Rachel Summers, who is going to be a heli- uh, like a helicopter uh, medic for the army. I mean, this this is this is real stuff, Same. and and the, these the, these are the type of things that people want to see and want to hear about. And pump it out there, baby! Pump it out. Great storylines yeah. everywhere. Hundred percent. How's that cold brew, Robert? It hits right. It hits right. It seems like somebody that like can't function without it. Is that possible? That's one thousand percent accurate. Okay. Okay. See, I just I, wanted... I I take the caffeine when I need it. He, he's a constant. He's a constant. He's guy. a constant. Yeah. It's just well, because I always I always need it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Fair. Oh, I wanted to bring up also. I just this is just a you know little slat tennis slash pickleball. I saw Do that it. there was going to be a little pro am with Michael Chang, Andy Roddick, John McEnroe, and Andre Agassi. Uh, I believe somebody said two of those four were uh, very anti-pickle. So I yes. think this is kind of, <laughs> this is kind of funny. Um, and I, and I, I tweeted out a response to, to somebody that I was at the 
Roddick Agassi fundraiser about five and a half years ago. And Roddick was at the kitchen, lost the point, walking back to the baseline. And his quote was, this is a stupid ass sport. People just made it up because they suck at tennis. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. And I know someone said something about McEnroe as well. Uh, there's a million dollar prize pool of some yeah, sort. What, what, what do you think about this pro-am? It's crazy. Um, yeah, the, the prize pool threw me off a little bit. Obviously, you could put names and, and, and it, you know, anything can happen. You know, obviously, I'm sure we all wish it was those are the prize pools and actual pickleball. And, <laughs> and, um, I, I've spoken about Mac before and saying that he could be incredible. I, I played with him more than a few times at the academy. I'd be very curious to see. I mean, this guy has incredible i mean out of this world hands even at six i mean i don't even know how old he is but you know when he was 50 we were playing and stuff like that you know i, I would serve he'd be like that's that's too far off i'm like i think i hit the line he's like no no no, and then he puts like a quarter down and he goes back to serve <laughs> and he's like that's how you do it <laughs> it's fucking obnoxious but it's like what can you say the guy just hit the quarter you know like what are you gonna do about it so very curious what that kind of level of hands would look like we obviously saw Sock, who is arguably one of the best doubles, you know, tennis players in the world right now, and kind of make that wave. And, and Mac would be an interesting one because he has those old school strokes in tennis that could really translate to pickle very well. Mm -hmm. that um, continental. Yeah, that continental grip, the, you know, the low dink slice cross, like he's he'd be just absolutely disgusting at it. So I'm interested to see kind of the buzz around that. I'm interested to see how these pro-ams play out over the pickleball like if people just get sick of them after a while where that goes are we overdoing it i'd like to see a lot more um a little bit of what happened in vegas of combining pickleball pros with ams and having more of that pro-am feel yeah. um and and not letting down you know if those guys beat you they beat you but like kick these guys asses i think those are the storylines that are more exciting than you know erotic who I'm sure is going to say that same exact line <laughs> five years later. He, I'm sure, believes that still. So, yeah. <laughs> and no, that that's but, that's what I would. He'll take the money though. Oh, without a doubt, <laughs> who wouldn't? <laughs> the, the the ARF, the Andy Roddick Foundation. He he needs it. So, uh, no, that that's what I would guess too in terms of play style that would translate the most. I mean, Johnny Mac. I mean, I mean, built for it. And let's be clear. I mean. Agassi Roddick, absolute studs, but I wouldn't say their touch feel all court game was necessarily the biggest strength of their tennis game. So uh, may, maybe I'm a little bit off with that, but I think a lot of, you know, you know, those people with the crazy all court games, the Leander pays that, you know, those type of players, as opposed to the, you know, big serve, big forehand guys. Uh, I can think of a lot of the guys that I coached in tennis that would trans transition phenomenally and some that probably wouldn't. So yeah. Yeah, it's it's a good storyline and it's and it's fun to see. And I actually like the mix of tennis and pickleball a little bit on some on some of these uh, on some of these pro ams and stuff. And I I think it's cool. I think that's a story that people have to up a little bit more. I mean, even with Sam, you know, being eleven in the world. I mean, this is a guy that made a career off of not basically. I mean, he was great tennis player, but big serve, big forehand, literally that and takes it all away in pickle, you know, to, so to follow that journey to see how he improves and, you know, mine is, was the total opposite of a game, but I wasn't coming to net all that often. So seeing how the games translate, um, I think is great. I just don't love it when it's these, you know, AMs alone doing it. I think it would be more exciting to have a couple of you guys in it, get some females in it as well, or switch it up and see what can happen. But I mean, a million dollars, that's not bad. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, live on ESPN too. I think Is they it? said it was yeah, live on ESPN, and it's going to be the lead up to the women's NCAA basketball national championship game. So, uh, hey, like a weird, such a weird, weird combo. Too. Yeah, yeah weird, weird, combo. weird combo. But man, I mean, million bucks. I mean, what? Yeah. The and and look, I mean, as much as you know, they they've kind of shit on pickleball. To get to get tennis fans like tennis fans are going to watch it right and yeah. they're going to watch anything that Roddick's doing or Max doing and to get more eyeballs on pickleball is not a bad thing. No, any way you can. I mean, I've learned that people, even from the little stuff that I've done, want to watch whether it's to see most of them want to see me fail or you know some <laughs> succeed you know and that's what it is. So it, it does drive it even if you know yeah. Roddick's shitting on it or whatever else it it brings eyes to it. So no, well, you. Well, Go ahead, Sorry. Rob. I was Go just—I was going to say no. You've seen a lot. Like you, you, 
alluded to it earlier about, you know, the crazy gamblers um, that just roast players on Twitter all the time. Um, I think we're getting close to having, you know, gambling enter pickleball. How do you, and I mean, we're talking low prize money right now and not a lot of, you know, not a lot of regulations and it's not very controlled. And like, what's your take on gambling coming into pickleball? There should never be a match played ever again in pickleball without gambling. <laughs> My biggest issue. Yeah. I mean, the messages sucked and you, you know, I just played five hours on yeah. court and I, and they told me my mom should die in a hole somewhere okay not a great thing to see right off of court but i was fine with it my biggest problem was i wasn't getting a dollar you know there was no way for them to show that i was getting a dollar from that guy's thousand dollars that he lost on me if you know we're transparent and app mlp whatever it is says hey we're taking 10 percent. they're going straight to the players or 50 percent. we're splitting straight to the players Tell me that my mom should die all the time. Tell me that I should die all the time. I'll yeah. take that money in a heartbeat yeah. because we know that's going to happen anyway. Like that's, it's, it's going to happen one way or another, whether it's regulated or not. So let's do it ourselves. Let's be a part of it and let's take our money from it. And that's where money is. That's why, you know, your cornhole is there and yeah. darts because there's, we're all degenerates and, you know, people love gambling. I don't know. Not one of my friends doesn't gamble at this point. So let it be on pickle. They would have so much fun doing it. But is that how, is that how it typically, cause I don't know a lot about this world. Is that how it typically works where, you know, some of that, some of that gambling rev goes to players with like a, or is it not like that? So within tennis, it's, it's a very, it's, a, it's the grayest of all the areas. Um, you know, you see, if you own tennis channel, they talk about DraftKings odds, Yeah, but you know, tennis players can't have anything to do with it. Then the tournaments can't necessarily, it has to be within a pro it's a whole gray area where for me, it's like open up the floodgates. We're here. You know, the, the throwing of matches, all of, all of that is here already. Let's make our actual dollar off of it and then go from there. That's where the real money is. That's where guys that are 150 in the world can maybe actually make a dollar. Um, yes. And then in pickle, that's where the guy that's, you know, 30, 50 in the world can really make some money. It's, there should be no um, qualms about, hey, I can't believe we're starting this. It feels sticky. Everybody does it. It's a part of every sport. And, and especially within MLP and a team competition, let's get you know these um, fantasy leagues out. You know, there should mm-hmm. never be a second. There should be never be another pickleball tournament without gambling involved. Love I like that. I like that. The Noah Rubin quote of the pod. We're all degenerates. <laughs> we're, we're all degenerates. We talked about it briefly with James Ignatowicz, uh, who we had on a couple weeks ago. And he's just like, I'm sitting there at the frat house. Everybody's gambling on everything. No one gives a shit about the game. They have a stake in it. It could be fantasy or it could be betting. People will watch. And I gave an example of my buddy spent a whole summer gambling on under 17 South American soccer. So <laughs> like, <laughs> so this, is, this is what people he may, do. He may have to call somebody. I'm just, yeah. I'm just putting it out there. I'm not, yeah, the, I'm not a professional. The big, the, yeah, the big billboard that says <laughs> yeah, yeah. 1-800, I have a problem or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> but, but yes, but it's this true. Is a huge, it's a huge deal. I agree with you completely. And it's just uh, it's just another way to bring eyeballs. I mean, I, I I was one of my first, yeah, it was my first main draw Grand Slam match in Australia, and I and I won it. I was a super underdog. The guy was uh, seventeen in the world at the time, and I got back home to my club, and he's like, "Oh, by the way, I made five grand off of you." <laughs> I was like. <laughs> That's crazy. Like that's absolutely <laughs> absurd. And not that I didn't do well that tournament financially, but it was like you sh- we shouldn't be in the same ballpark of, of money that we're getting. <laughs> like take me out to dinner or something. So like this is happening. It's here. Like take take it take it. Let let you know APP make a dollar. We should all be making money. And there's so many ways to do it because all these gambling books they're looking for new things every day. They want it. That's why in tennis during COVID, they had these strange tournaments all the mm-hmm. time because they just wanted gambling. Gamb- They're like, we don't have anything. They were playing matches in the ra- in puddles. <laughs> you could not see their feet. They were in water. You couldn't see their feet. They're like, we have to continue because gambling. <laughs> yeah, have to like, the match goes on. Match goes Man. on. <laughs> 
No, I, I, it's, it's, it's obviously important. I love it. Degenerates. We all are. Let's go. <laughs> what else you got, Adam? I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I I'm trying to, I have my, I have my sheet here, my Noah Rubin sheet. And I've, I've got, I mean, not a lot of pickleball questions for me. I was surprised. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, we had a little bit of both. A and, little bit. Uh, and, and I think it, I, I mean, yeah, it's, we, we, we want it to be different, but there is, there is parallels. There just is. So, yeah. I mean, I think it was, it, it was fair to, to talk about some of that stuff, especially with you having so much experience, uh, you know, on that, on, on the tennis tour. So, um, I, I yeah. am curious on one thing. What, uh, yes. like, what are your, what are your aspirations in pickleball, Noah? Like, are you going, are you looking to come in, like train full time, like really go for it? Or are you just kind of dabbling and trying to see how it goes? What's your, I guess, what are your intentions? I'm like, I hate losing. I fucking hate losing and I'm so competitive. So it's tough for me to get into anything regardless of what it is. Um, especially in something that, is so closely related to tennis and people do want to watch me fail. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it, it is a part of it. And there's guys that like look down upon me as well. And I've gotten a little bit of shit and a couple of nudges here and there. And I'm like, really guys, like this is all the motivation I need to like get out and really put an effort into this, you know? And that's, so it's, it's a part of it that I'm like, yeah, I think I want to do something and I do see potential in the sport as well. Um, you know, I'm giving it time. I am training. I'm putting it in. I think it's helpful because I don't know what my world will look like in a few years from now. So it's helping me at least stay in the best shape possible, stay professional, you know, and kind of go along that path. Um, I just don't see why I couldn't be good at this sport. You know, I'm not going to make the same query, you know, we're going to be top whatever in this amount of months. And then he was, you know, he's having fun with it and, it's it's funny to see him take that that path which was just never who he was as a tennis player totally, so he's, totally. he's really enjoying it and he's taking it head on um but yeah i mean it's you know in singles especially but doubles i'm i'm, I'm enjoying the learning process as well uh yeah. well i just I hope it yeah i hope it evolves a little bit so we can really get into it i can enjoy it yeah absolutely and i think people want to see sam fail a little bit more than you because they've given him the name sham query and they, they haven't, they haven't made up the name for you yet. So I, I think <laughs> it's because I read some of the Twitter stuff and I'm like, God, they're brutal, man. They're absolutely. And it's just so funny to me. And, and it's not new news by any means Ooh, that people, you know, the key, Oh God. Yes. Yeah. She's young and bouncing off the walls. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not new news that everybody, the keyboard warriors want to do something and say whatever. Um, yeah. Not that they didn't sack me a little bit, but they, Oh, they destroyed him. I'm like, God, I just, like... but he put it on himself. He took on the ego and, and he sure. knows that he yeah. like, my thing is like, people think this like is affecting him. You know, he's like no, he's, in, his, in his room, like, Oh my God, I can't <laughs> believe this person said this. He's just dying laughing and enjoying it. And, and he is, he's playing more than I thought he would, to be honest with you. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And I'm sure Wes is taking him under his wing a little bit and saying like, I guess I think we have to get a little bit better and like actually take down <laughs> these guys a little bit. <laughs> right. And I, I think it's great. I mean, I think he should be doing the little violin stuff and and do and doing these videos. And I've, I've had some good conversations with Wes about it, and it I, I think it's awesome. I, I don't have any qualms about it as a, as a full on pickleball guy. I I loved every minute of it, and I know not everyone has the same feeling as I do. So I, I just I just don't really get it. I mean, let's let's have some fun with it. Let's let's have a little banter, a little back and forth. How can that be a bad thing? Yeah, I, I never knew. And I, I think they took out a little of their aggression from Sam onto me of like how they were upset with how we came in. I was like, I'm not, you know, let's say I take your spot, whatever that, there's a ranking system. So you move up or back, like, I'm not taking a team away from you. I'm not taking anything. Like, we should all be in this together a little bit. And I wasn't calling anybody out. I wanted to have some fun with it. Um, but yeah, some people took it to heart a little bit. Some Facebook messages and stuff like that and looking down upon me. And yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting path. I don't know. There's this, no other words to it. This is pickable. <laughs> <laughs> Trademark. Oh, Trademark. Yeah, we, we, had some, we had some fun with it at the, at the P, APP Punta Gorda. Just... 20, 25 mile per hour sustained winds with a wiffle ball. This is 
<laughs> yeah, like here I am, like basically, Leah, you know, this is my 15th time playing. I learned how to dink a few days ago and the wind comes out and I'm like, the fuck do you want me to do with this? You want me to reset with this shit? Dude, it was a mess. That was, oh it was, it was so sloppy. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I actually felt better because I was looking at some of these other matches and I'm like, okay, we're all kind of struggling yeah. a little bit here. But yeah, Allie and I looked at each other and we're like, okay, I guess we're just going for it now. You know, and that <laughs> was just it. it so well, I, I got another good one here. Top five player in the tournament, mid tournament, eating a bag of Cheetos. This is pickleball. This <laughs> is pickleball. <laughs> You'll see it. You'll see it. You will see it. Yeah. That was me, by the way. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, your leftover steak that you just put, just just left in the pocket a little bit in between the chains. Right. If you think there was any leftover steak, you're very disappointed. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, God. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed this very much. It was nice to get some insights from you, Noah. Yeah. And, you know, that we, we did talk a decent amount about tennis here. There's no question there is a relationship, but maybe maybe we'll have you on here again in the next couple months and we'll we'll be uh, almost 100 percent talking about the pickle. And I think that would be great. Yeah, I doubt that's ever going to happen, but I will be in uh, Daytona. That's going to uh-huh. be my next event. I don't know okay. if either of you or both of you. Yeah, I'll be there. What, what, yeah. What, what is that? This next weekend or the one in February? February. February. OK, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, OK, gotcha. Um, awesome. Yeah, so I'll be training until then. Uh, hopefully have a paddle that we've solidified because i have only about 98 paddles in my apartment and sure. i just have to get rid of these at this point so so where, where, where actually is home base home base in new york westchester okay. on the hudson gotcha. river yeah so my fiance is a veterinarian she works over here so we moved out uh, i'm a new, York, new yorker through and through so nice to stick here um but yes in our one bedroom it's too many pickleball paddles I just, <laughs> it's just too yeah. many and half yeah i've who knew there was 642 pickleball companies that would get into the sport? There's a lot. But here wild, we are. wild West. Wild, wild West. Well, <laughs> Heard uh, that one a few times, yeah. Yes. Uh, th- thanks again for coming on. Thank I hope you for to having see me. You, I hope to see you at these tournaments, and best of luck. Uh, I want you right there in the mix, and it'll be a good storyline. Let's do it. See you guys soon. Thanks, everybody. Because you know why? Why? Because it feels right. It feels right. Legendary.